Time, time. Say that African say it one more time, man. Getting ready is a destination, and I'm almost there. <laughs> Don't you see somebody posting that on a story with just like a desert in the background? Yeah, that's all we need. Like and one of them uh, Lion King trees yeah. in the background. <laughs> Rock formation and shit. <laughs> Has nothing to do with Africa. Nothing to do with Africa. <laughs> Not one bit. <laughs> like if I'm going to come up with an African thing, I'm, I'm sure that wouldn't be it. No, come up with one real fast. We're putting you on the spot. Come up with an African saying real fast. African pop. Well, let's let's revisit this at the end of the show. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to come up with one, but... We'll give uh, it some leeway. We'll give it some... Hey, that might be the new session. At the end of the show, we need an African right. problem from time. <laughs> oh. Summarize I could, shit. I could, I could give you the one that I said that nearly caused a woman to fight me in college. Okay. <laughs> okay. Floor is yours. Good setup. Go ahead. All right, so... Floor is yours. So, um... These girls were beefing with me and my friends. I don't even remember why, right? And I said, all bark and no bite makes for a small chihuahua. Mm. And that made them even more mad. She smacked the shit out of you, didn't she? I never got smacked. Nobody touched Mm. me. Mm. As they say in my community, hit dogs holler. (laughs) You know what that means, Tom Tom? Someone feels, uh, I don't know, vulnerable. My my director said it this way. If we was walking down the street and there was a pack of dogs in the middle of the street, Right. You threw a rock. The dog that gets hit is the one that's going to holler. Right. So, so like, you hit a you, nerve. I'm, that's what I was trying to He used to say his prob- problematic ass. Like he said, if you walk by a group of girls and say, uh, who want to get fucked in the ass, the girl to turn around and say, ugh, that's the one that's that's who want to get fucked in the ass. She's <laughs> about that shit. That, a teacher said this? this is my, she at least thought about that shit. Before. Yes, a teacher said this to me. Yes, an administrator. <laughs> an administrator. Gotcha. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah. um, let us be conscious of our surroundings. Speaking of African proverbs, okay. y'all seen J. Cole hooping in Africa? Hey, that R- was a great Rwanda, transition. to be exact. What happened? Break it down, because you know I didn't see it. I mean, I don't necessarily have the info. I just know J. Cole has been practicing and practicing for, like, some years now. Like, he even has done open runs with NBA players. And hasn't has actually done all right. Like, mm-hmm. you, you see him make a basket. I think there was a, a meme that got posted... That, but it was him dunking. Yeah. And he like jumped so high that he like tomahawked. He cocked it back, both hands, bang. And then fell. But, like, and he busted his ass ground. afterwards. But, you know. Like face first. All right, he got some athleticism. You know, like the clips have been coming out over the past year. He mm-hmm. can shoot, shoot from deep. You know what I mean? Like, and then the, the documentary, yeah. the documentary is like all one big basketball analogy. And so are his mixtapes. I think it's a, a fantastic just overall rollout, right? Because, right. you know, J. Cole is great at just staying off the face of the earth unless he's, until he's ready to present a body of work or or say something or make some sort of statement. Mm-hmm. Um, but throughout the year, he's been pretty strategic and, you know, his, picking his spots. He started doing a little bit more uh, features and whatnot, like leading up to this album release, like on 21 Savages a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, he had he dropped a middle child record That's right. That's right. early on during the pandemic. He also partnered with Puma and has his, his Air Dreamer or something like that, the Dreamer shoe. So he has his own basketball shoe. Got it. Niggas in the NBA. Niggas in the NBA have worn it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure during live games. So even that is stamped and validated. So for him to drop this new album, which is coming out on Friday, the off season, mm-hmm. um, also accompanied with like a 17-minute or 15-minute documentary. That I forgot what it was it's called. It's 12 before. minutes to be exact. Oh, no, thanks, Tom Tom. Oh, thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Matt, look, he about to slap me. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck you correct me for? <laughs> no, I, I, I actually genuinely appreciated that. <laughs> I'm just, I was just <laughs> being funny. <laughs> I wish I had a picture. That okay. Dang, I could have recorded this one. <laughs> no, this oh, is... Man. So you're saying that J. Cole's rollout is all, it's all basketball thing, basically. Well, so... Yeah, go ahead, Tom Tom. It's, it's all in the documentary, right? Like, the documentary is really him explaining where his mind is and, like, yo, I've done a lot. Am I satisfied where I'm at or am I going to, like, turn, it, turn up and keep challenging myself? Mm-hmm. And then he talks about family. He talks about how, like, the zone that he puts him, himself in to create. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, he was saying that, like, He's not satisfied, so I'm just going to keep going. So it's like, does that mean you're going to keep going and keep doing albums? Or the family part that's mentioned in it is like, are you just going to, you know, be the Zek and then walk, uh, and, you know, walk away into the cloud, uh, walk, walk away from, um, from the whole thing? 
That's interesting. So, so he is expected to. So he's dropping an album on Friday. Right. right? Documentary. We just talked about it. Mm-hmm. He's joining the Rwandan. Well, he's going to play for the Rwandan side of the Patriots BBC. It's an interesting name in the basketball inaugural club season club. of the Basketball Africa League. And I wonder if this is the league that is like sponsored by the NBA. It is. It's like a twelve team. It's a twelve team tournament type of situation. So it's like the NBA's foray into starting in international basketball league. Well, a stronger, yeah, stronger presence in Africa, especially. A lot of it's been in China. Yeah, that, you know, right, that right, right, right. Yeah, that's so right. So to really like put money down and have something popping off in Africa, that's dope. And then for J. Cole to be a part of it, this nigga's thirty six, fulfilling his dreams. Looks like he actually has a chance to really do something. And yeah, um, I, I like it, man. It's dope. Couple of questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Two questions. I knew you'd have some. I have some questions. Yeah. It's only uh, right. I think the I think the the most important question I want y'all to really answer is do niggas still do rollouts for their albums? And the second question is, which is far less important, what is the African style of basketball? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is the Tom, you know, Tom. the first you know one what the European style is? It's a whole step. Mm. Yeah, the Euro step. <laughs> So what do you what do you time, 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 time. <laughs> So it's funny, I had a feeling today's podcast would turn into like a pseudo sports analysis. I mean you had the um situation. Yeah, Hakeem the dream, the dream shake and shit like that. Mean footwork. Yeah. Mean post game? I mean if the African game is the post game. For the, for the yeah, most part, work. the sound big men who have been African grew up playing soccer, hence the good footwork. Mm. I like that. I like that. That's true. Uh, That's true. But um as for what African basketball is, I'm not sure I have an answer because, you know, like Nigeria sometimes is somewhat good, but they're not beating America. They're just better than every a few other teams. And then like now in more recent years, like Argentina and Spain and a lot of these other international right. powerhouses and other sports have kind of come closer to right. America and even have beat us a couple times. Well, I think that's also is is infrastructure, right? Right. Like you know, Spain and um, who did uh my guy? What's the other Lithuania and yeah, some yeah, of those yeah. those countries? Like they have you know academies, so you know kids are going through the system at twelve, thirteen. I'm not saying that Africa doesn't have that, and maybe this will be the impetus exactly. or add to you know Africa having that. But I'm like. There's no way that Africa lacks the talent. Oh, or the hell no. So, so I think, <laughs> you know, like, I, think, I, think no, I can so. attempt to answer this question right, but before you it's going to be a soccer Hold on, before you answer it, relation. I want to give a little context to it. Okay. Right? So there is definitely, if we just isolate the United States, there's definitely a different style of play based on the region of the United States you're in. Mm. Okay, true. The West true. Coast, you have more shooters coming out of the West Coast. And you have more drivers coming out of the East, East Coast. Coast yeah. And then as you move through the Midwest, you have a combination of, of such. And that's, I mean, they used to, they built that stereotype based on the weather and what equipment was available in which parts of the states. You can shoot outside all the time on the West Coast. You, right. can't, shoot all, you can't shoot outside in the winter in Brooklyn. Your hands you just can't do that. <clears throat> so, of course, the skills are different. So now we know Africa is not a monolithic situation. It's the biggest continent on the planet. Right. So, of course, Northern Africans and Southern Africans might play a little differently, but based on that, now how do you think basketball would, All right, basketball so style would be? Once again, my, expertise, my, Cole question. Yeah. my, my ex- expertise is not basketball, it's actually soccer, okay. right? Right, right. So, <clears throat> if you pay attention in more recent years, basketball players who are coming from the international game are like coming in younger and, in a sense, more skilled. So, like Luka Doncic, if you actually watch him play, He's like almost playing in slow motion, but getting everybody and everything and every shot that he wants. Very true. But he's also been a professional since he was like 12 years old. Yes. Or I think 15 or something like that. But that goes to what Matt was saying earlier is like a lot of these professionals that are being groomed overseas, they're being groomed in an academy. So like imagine the Chicago Bulls having an academy in Chicago. Yeah. And that's what these these young these young basketball well, players are being groomed in. Well, that's what so, I'm saying. Like, I mean, Chicago, even though they might not have an academy for the Bulls, they do have like Simeon High School right. and all powerhouses. That. So yeah, yes, yeah, powerhouses, right? And my okay. my question is, what's that equivalent going to be in Africa? If unless there is one already, or right. you know, a bunch of I mean, because I'm just not aware. But I think from, so that's where I was going with the soccer thing. Like, there's in different areas. So like, for example, Ivory Coast, Ghana. There's like I, there's academies that have come to prominence. So like, for example, Drogba. 
and a lot of the crazier um, into, uh, Ivory Coast stars that have come out, of, they're all from the same area or they went to the, play for the same team. Mm-hmm. So I, in my eyes, it, it, I feel like that's how Africa can flourish when they kind of concentrate the energy and, you know, put these players in an environment where they can flourish and right. also have, like, the Dikembe Mutombos come back home. Right. The, mm. the, uh, the, um, um, Hakeem Olajuwon, um, Joel Embiid, all these niggas. I'm sorry, Bismack Biombo, Bismack Biombo, Serge Ibaka, Joel, right? Yeah. Serge is French, ain't he? No, he's or Spanish. He's, he's he's African. I believe he plays for like the he plays for Spain, though, right? I I think so. I might be mistaken, but like that's that's a whole another thing. Like when you get after you do AAU and you're getting into the national team and stuff like that, there's so many like nuances to it. You could have played. Like, for example, let's say I'm really good in soccer. Mm-hmm. You could have played for America all the way until you're 19, and you're like, well, my dad's from Ghana. Let me go play for Ghana. Right. So that's where um, mm-hmm. when, when the Ghana soccer team was going crazy, one of the players, his, his actual brother played for Germany, and he played for Ghana. Boateng, right? Yeah, the Kevin Prince Boateng and yeah. uh, Jerome Boateng. Okay, okay. So, like, the same thing applies. Like, you can, you can flourish in the whole system and then go – be somewhere else because you know like okay in Spain there's too many good players let me go play in Africa where I could be the main focus have a chance interesting so did, you know did y'all watch the Dr. Umar Johnson interview no I did watch it well he I was giving watch. smoke to Naomi Osaka for choosing Japan over Haiti as her uh, yeah. country of origin was that what he gave smoke for I heard and he was going her. in on her but I didn't know why yeah he was he was going in on her but let's and, get and, back and he's been coming at uh, Kevin Samuels recently. Oh, fuck Kevin Samuels. We could definitely talk about that. We could talk about fuck Kevin Samuels all day. Massage in the ass, bullshit in the ass, fuck ass nigga. Fuck him. Yeah. Fuck him. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but, oh, before, one last thing, though. Our niggas <laughs> doing album rollouts. We started oh, yeah. this conversation. Thank you. That was the original question. I'm like, yo, because the African conversation is interesting. Yeah. I do want to know. I mean, the African Kevin Samuels uh, conversation is interesting. Maybe we'll come back let's to get, that. Let's get, I mean, we are a creative podcast. I think the. It's real, we're in a micro, um, I don't know, microwave industry right now. Mm. I don't mean to sound old, right? But it's just like, um, even this game. rollout has yeah. been condensed to five days. It has. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, if, you count, so, if you count like the shoe. Right. I mean, yeah. But I, I mean, pandemic, in, in my opinion, I would say that it is still a thing. But it's like there's been adjustments that have had to be made, right? So, like, not every – Beyonce, Kendrick, J. Cole, they could be like, I'm dropping an album and then drop it five days later with hype generated in between. But the average artist or let's say a regional – someone who's heavy in a region, like let's say, I don't know, Shy Glizzy here type of thing, he can – like, you have to build up to it, in a sense. You have to, you know, do a show. You have to do this. You have to do that. And then it builds up to, oh, I'm dropping an album. But we're in a pandemic still, so where, where are the shows? You know, the like shows you gotta, you gotta now have, have, have to become virtual, or you have to give your, you have to give your, your audience something to grasp onto in, in the pandemic. I think in the pandemic, it's made things worse because, like, it's, shit is happening every single day just, just because we've been going stir-crazy for a year and a half. You know what I mean? So it's, it seems like every 48 hours, every 24 hours, but every 48 hours, something that was crazy that was being talked about is not talked about at all. All right. So the rollouts, you know, I haven't seen, you know, artists take put out too many albums. You know what I'm saying? It's mostly single drops. Or, that's fair. That's fair. You know, shit. <laughs> like WAP uh, was, a, was a drop in the pan. Like that's, right. that shit isn't going to happen for everybody. Right. And when Cardi does finally drop an album or Megan drops another album, which might be in like two, uh, next year, like then, Bob might be a single on that shit. You feel Maybe. Maybe. But even okay, that's an interesting point that you bring up about the popularity of the artist, right? As it pertains to album rollout, and I, I hate to sound old as well, but like, I think I've just started listening to Lil Baby. Yeah. I think Lil Baby could do better if he had like organized an organized brand. Right. When I think of Lil Baby, I just think of like, oh, he's just a a little rapper dude. Like, I don't really have a story, a narrative to go around him, a certain image to go around him. Uh, like, when I think about Jay-Z, I think about, oh, he's a businessman, not a businessman. I think about Kanye, I think about the college dropout. I think about Cameron, I think about all pink and ridiculousness. When I well, think about Lil Baby, I just think about, oh, that's, that's just... 
little baby. No, nah, I mean, well, my little brother's a big little baby fan, so I. Yeah, I feel like does he have some drops? He got well, some album, he, got he comes some from track? QC, so he comes from a good um, one of the major systems uh, or record labels that are out here. QC, you know, um, he's this next era post Migos, right? Mm -hmm. Well, not post Migos, but there's got to be something that's newer. Yeah, um, I know he knew P, and he was in the streets way before he was a rapper. Mm -hmm. He was locked up a couple times, mm -hmm. serious shit. So he's already stamped and validated. I think his brand is dope because he, the lyrics, you know, he really does. I do respect his lyricism and his ability to, I don't know, like he, he's able to take some of the same elements that everybody else is using, but like really stamp his own lane with it. Mm -hmm. I know with the branding, most of his projects have like harder in it. So it's like harder than ever. Harder, I don't know. Harder one, harder so two. So he's a hard ass. He's yeah, hard he ass. Hard, hard ass. Hard, hard. I got you. I got you. Um, Hardest of the horde. Him, him and Gunna came up a lot. Um, yeah. Like drip harder. Like, cause I think Gunna had like dripping a lot of his shit. You know, okay. I'm a 30 year old nigga. So anybody listening to this who's the little baby <laughs> expert, just, just know that a nigga's trying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, all right. So QC, this is, this is why I'm silent. <laughs> heavily associated with Gunna, right? He's on the Thug albums, Atlanta's own. So I mean, he has a, a solid foundation. But yeah, I do want to see what is the story of the narrative being built around it, right? Right. I mean, for him to do that that Grammy performance is a big thing. You know, I think that helps separate him from a lot of these other artists. To even though like um, that, that, that had song, its own issues had, too, though. Right. But I mean, it's a, it's a nigga from the streets who's doing. You know, you can say it's still a really rich production. It is with it is. you know he caused some smoke, street you know. brutality shit and the cops right. and all of that. Like for a nigga to be talking about that, that is you got to count that for something. It is. You're right. You're right. Um, I, I bring that up in in terms of album drive rollouts, like rollouts, because I feel like rollouts really help establish a brand within a certain individual and give them an identity. I, so. I think a Grammy performance counts as a big part of a rollout. Okay. Okay. You know what I'm saying like. Stuff like that. So, okay. so yeah, I guess if a, if, a, if a Grammy performance counts as part of a rollout, then I would definitely consider dropping your own shoe, back yeah. to your point, as the like a, at least a, a fundamental point in the rollout. So and I, and much I feel longer like than I expected. In the past few years, J. Cole performed at the All-Star Game, maybe when it was in North Carolina. Yeah, he definitely performed at the All-Star Game. Um, to the point that you made a second ago, Tom, I think, Matt, you actually you made it. You started when you were talking about like this this microwave um, culture that we're in within the music industry, and then Tom Tom, you brought up Beyonce. We're in the playlist era. We are in the playlist area, area, era. Um, but do you ever think we can get back to like projects? Is that a is that a is that a thing that's of the past now? Let me let me tell you something real fast. I was listening to Brilliant Idiots with Lil Duval. Okay. And Lil Duval was talking about his daughter's experience with comedy. To her, comedy, stand up, whatever whatever form it takes, is wilding out. That's mm -hmm. her deaf comedy jam. Gotcha. I eighty five South Show is not like one nigga standing on stage giving out jokes for sixty minutes. It's three right. niggas on stage singing, bouncing off each other, roasting, riffing. riffing. Exactly right. And so Lil Duval said to the kids, "Now that's stand up. Mm -hmm. They they see a nigga standing on stage talking to himself for an hour. That's like that's kind of whack. Mm -hmm. So then I'm thinking, that's are we true. are we now in are we in an era where like albums and like complete projects are of the past? I think uh, I, I do want to put this out here. I think a lot of shit is trash right now too, across the stand-up game and across just music that's being put out. And it's a great, a lot of great quality, but with you know everybody being able to put their shit out there independently. Shout out to Los Clientele, like that's actually good artists that have their own distribution or and, and are able to put their music out on right on platforms. Shout out to fam. But that also opens up the gates for a lot of trash. It does it's a lot of trash out here, bro. It takes away from it. So you see a bunch of niggas on stage, Dolo doing performances, and like, it's not you don't on Netflix. A lot of those stand-up specials are trash. Yeah, I was about to say that. Like outside of the big so, dogs, like yeah. the Kevin Hart's and the and the Dave Chappelle's, right. like who has actually dropped a really good comedy special? Right. Like, and, but you can go to a Bernie Mac, 15, 20 years later, and be like, damn, that shit's still funny. Yeah, and your kids will go back and, and laugh at that shit too. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. it's a lot of trash out here. Fuck. So, yeah. my bad, fellas. I totally forgot. Welcome to the Over the Shoulder Podcast. <laughs> this is your chance hey. to eavesdrop on three professional creatives as we discuss the sources, happenings, and inspirations from the creative industry, from film to production to music to culture. Join us each week as we push the envelope on the possibilities of the creative industry. Our host for this week, of course, is your main man, 20 Grand, your boy, Bimo Brown. What's up, baby? How we doing? Damn it. Back, <laughs> back in the building. Hey, I think that's just... <laughs>
A swing and a miss. Matt actually caught it the last time. <laughs> this is this is your man Thomas the Great. <laughs> this is your man Thomas the Great, aka the facilitator. The facilitator He's out here passing the ball to my no homies. Look. No look. Oh, I saw you broke you broke the record the other night. Most triple doubles in the season. Wait, hey. no <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Backpack Matt, Mister Backpack Money Matt. Silent something. Silent. Partner. The silent partner. There we go. Paying silent. my debts, paying my respects, so I can pay it forward. Oh, you always coming with some bars, nigga. Did you write that in the car? Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is yeah, this is three times actually, in a row. This is three times in a row. You're right. Okay, we got. Yeah. You got to do. I uh, think this is it. Now. Okay, you got a new thing. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say. He's I, did, I have thought times. about it in the car a couple times. I'm like, all right, paying that money, man. I gotta make, <laughs> make it humble. Yeah, yeah, anyway. No, no, no. Screw yeah. the humble. Yeah. Humility. Yeah, yeah. You don't write rhymes. You think them. There it is. Uh, Now it's time for the word of Of the day. Of of the day. The The word of the day is brought to you by dictionary.com. This is our chance to try to introduce some new words into the lexicon. They need to holler. Of you niggas. Yeah, right. I had the dictionary app. Where'd that motherfucker go? What is it? Ubiety. Ubiety. Define it. Uh, It's the property of having a definite location at any given time. State of existing and being localized in space. Ooh. Is this shit a noun? Yeah, it is a noun. Like so it's to have your own space, pretty much? To exist in the same space. The property of having a definite location at any given space. Right. State of existing and being localized in space. That, sound, that sounds very simple, gonna, but also... I'm going to use it in a sentence. Go ahead. Strictly speaking, in... Unembodied spirit or pure mind has no relation to place. Awareness, ubiety, is a pure relation, <laughs> the relation of body to body. Um, sure. Yeah. Hey. Hey, you know that shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey. So this is our ubiety? I mean, you don't hear permanent, though. Right. But so, so, right, so, so, like your girl. So Lafayette's it's, ubiety. It's Lafayette's ubiety. That's right. Even yeah. when he's not here. It's his, he's still here. When you tell your girl that you're um, podcasting with the guys, does she uh, believe your ubiety? <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. I was like, where is this going? <laughs> you know, I be thinking that sometimes. I be really thinking, like, does does Imani think I'm somewhere else? <laughs> my, my ass really right, be exactly these episodes need to drop, nigga. What the fuck? <laughs> Right, right. Six they done came over here. <laughs> I don't say hey, no Matt, I really need some you to J's, drop that talk, shit, bro. But when did it? When did it? Did it actually happen? If yeah. we didn't drop it, yeah. Right, right, <laughs> right. right. The good thing for There's us is so we, many she's, been to, she's been at the crib. When we okay, yeah, episodes. right. Yep. <laughs> she, she's seen the equipment. She's seen, she's seen the effort. Yeah, that's all right though. Uh, let's get to this week in creativity. I think we have some interesting things we need to talk about. Um, actually, somebody just said something a second ago. Who was we talking about in the code over opening? Oh, Kevin Samuels and, and Dr. About Umar. <laughs> okay, so that, that is interesting. Dr. Umar Johnson, who was considered a ridiculous ass nigga, is yes. going one on one with Kevin Samuels. Ridiculous. Who's a an ridiculous equally ass ridiculous ass nigga. I just find it oh, okay. What are your thoughts on Dr. Umar Johnson? Like, what are your true thoughts? Like, is this nigga wildin' or are y'all like I mean, I be feeling like he's well-intentioned, but, like, the execution is like a misfire sometimes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're both streaky. Like, if, like shout out to Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Yo, real talk, though. I like how you did that's a, that's So that's an example of consistency mm-hmm. and well-roundedness. I think Kevin Samuels and Dr. Umar are both, like, streaky. Right? They can be... They can they can be correct in certain ways, and then that could cause like the the layman to believe a lot or buy into their shit. Yeah. But then once you really start to see the well roundedness of the individual, you can start spotting the weaknesses and shit. Jordan Clark. It's a lot of bravado and in, in, in performative, you know, kind of fronting and peacocking yeah. in different ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kevin Samuels just chooses one kind of more suave. Um, Is it suave though? It's misogynistic. And then nigga gay too. <laughs> Which is nothing wrong with him being gay. Yeah, come on, Dino. Nothing wrong with him being gay at all. I'm just saying, yeah. like, <laughs> this man is perpetuating to be straight. Performative. It still it still all goes That to me is the problem. He's acting like he is straight in order to give advice to women about straight men. 
but he's gay. What makes you, what, okay, so what makes you, like, I'm not defending the nigga, I just really want to know. What makes you think he's gay? Is it like this oh, stuff, no, this is it the gaydar? Out, no, this is something that came out from the black women investigators who are like who are like watching him. Word. So I, you know, and I believe the black. What you got to say, Lafayette? I don't know. I, I don't believe the. Uh, don't believe the hype. Is Lafayette there? Don't, is, you don't believe is the, black the evidence black, circumstantial, black, sir? I feel like we just need to give. Is Lafayette it circumstantial? Mike. I mean, here's the thing. Regardless, regardless, regardless. fuck that. I don't regardless, care. I don't regardless. Care. I don't care. I, I don't care. I listen to black women. Okay, and if they got the receipts. To me, they're on the precipice of the truth. They might not be the truth, but they're on the precipice of the truth. So I'm going to take it for what it is. They saying I, my man's is gay, which I'm is a, like, okay. okay all right. But, I'm, but let's, just, let's just say for a second that he is. <laughs> I'm going to pick my battles. Violation. I ain't fighting for that nigga. Nah, no, <laughs> hell no. <laughs> yeah, you know. Fuck this nigga Kevin Samuels. Bro. I'm ready to go one-on-one with him. Anytime. Anytime. The, 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 the double down on his position feels like overcompensation. I don't know. I mean, that's. I feel like that's what you're saying. That's what the black women are saying. I don't know nothing. I'm listening to them, and what I, even before the gay point, I feel like he's a misogynist. Even before you get there, I think he speaks for corny ass niggas, though. Mm. That's the thing. It's like a real life. I think he whole speaks Twitter, for niggas like, who really believe that shit and really put that shit into practice. What he says, they like normally like lame ass niggas. That's so sad. That doesn't mean like that they're the not the capable. Day, there's of, nothing wrong with having a point of view, but it's just like what like we're saying about everything else. It's the delivery of it. There's a lot of things we have. No, no, no. I said point of view. once again. Uh-huh. Is there's a tactful way to say things? There's a respectful way to say things. I'm Kevin Samuels Mm-mm. doesn't operate in that space. That's what I'm saying. Mm-mm. You can you can you can put nice words around racism. It's still racism. Right, I'm not talking about racism. Well, I'm, I'm talking, talking about, about misogyny. How to ta- I'm talking about how to talk to people. I'm talking about I'm, whether he's talking nicely or talking disrespectfully. He's still a misogynist. Right, Bima, we're on the same side of the. I don't know. I don't know, bro. I feel like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you like right now. <laughs> for a moment, I just felt like we were all about to go to war. Can we go? But we're on the same side. Yeah, I don't have. But okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Do you have a dog in this fight? No. Do you? There's nobody who I feel invested in. But you know, I feel like. Dr. Umar's most recent interview has put him in a better light than previous. Yeah, he seemed a little previous uh, showings. Previous. Uh, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's good to know that he actually built that school. Oh, yeah, it is like, built. Like, yeah. like how? They just how got he got no even, HVAC. How he even <laughs> they got no HVAC? <laughs> got no HVAC. That's what he said in the interview. Yeah, right. How he no even HVAC. explained it on the interview is just like, why you gotta say it like that? Like he he pretty much was saying like, look, the school is built. All we need is like these two things, and if. You know, I'm black, and if someone else black, you know, just invested their time and fixed it, then we'd be here. If I was, if we was Mexican, then the community would have helped me. Do and we it's know just that? like, why is this the way you choose? Do we know that? We don't know that. Now, I know. That's my point. Like, we don't know that. Right. And then why are you choosing to deliver the message this way? Right. Like, I'm... I'm already African, so, like, some of the things Dr. Umar is going to say, I'm just going to, like, throw it away with a grain of salt just because, like, I don't agree with the... I only agree with how you said it, and I don't agree with what you're saying. So, like, whatever. Uh, with all that being said, I would watch a versus. Hell yeah. Absolutely. A one-on-one? I watched uh, Dr. Umar Johnson go against... I pay for that uh, shit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that is what bucks. I was going <laughs> to say. It would definitely be very entertaining. On some trillish shit? You yes. Saying? Not even a box. Not forty nine ninety nine. Yeah, just, just put a table in the middle of the ring and just... So that's another point. Speaking of creativity, do you appreciate the fact that versus has moved to Trilla? Like outside of the let's say set set investment, I'm not really I don't really like having to go to Triller and yeah what that entails. I think Triller has some momentum because we keep talking about it because Versus they acquired or they did the partnership with Versus, but also that Jake Paul fight and the Floyd fight. I'm sure mm-hmm. you know it's going to be this is their streak, so to well, speak. Well, yeah, like the Nate Robinson knockout. All this shit has been happening on Triller, so That's right. they're constantly being in the news. I know that uh, Versus did the partnership with Peloton, which is huge. That is dope. So you know they're they're creating more avenues, and at the end of the day, and I think we talked about Versus and their decisions and shit in the past, but I'm like. Brothers, get your money, man. You know no, what no. Man? I'm definitely run. appreciate the money part. I'm just like I, I liked that I could just go to IG and play and play it as opposed to like, oh, and then I'm waiting and then this. Like right. I'd rather just have the DJ and then or whatever. I don't know. So with with the only thing was like I don't want to just have like IG live on my phone all the time. I would rather use that for some other things. Like so, 
and I don't know, maybe there's a, I don't have the thing where I'm just going to cast it or plug that shit into my TV. I don't want to plug my phone into my TV with the IG showing. I think with Triller, they probably just give you a better overall experience. But the, yeah, the usability and the access, because we already have those apps like IG Live and Apple Music, you know what I'm saying? It makes it, makes it easier. So they're going to have to put in some legwork to seriously bring people over to that platform. You got to remember, Triller was basically TikTok. Right. And mm-hmm. now they're doing pay-per-views. Right. Wow. And this fucking was a great Versus was basically just two niggas on IG. Right. And now they're doing major partnerships with these in, with these big companies and making so big money. The thing that I like That nobody about, drinks on the set. <laughs> the thing I like about the Triller <laughs> partnership is that the production value has shot up crazy. The production value in these yeah. concerts that they're putting on is no longer For just sure. like family. You, get, you remember the Ludacris the, versus the, Nelly battle? These niggas was both on their iPhones. Right. right. And Nelly was struggling. And niggas Teddy, had and Teddy Riley was, was struggling. Exactly. And it was raining outside, so we had so a whole national program had to pause because of the rain. And now there's a Triller program where they have fucking moving cameras, multi-camera sets. They have fucking performance sets, performance videos, TVs and shit. And the so IG Live Red man had better. a cape on. And it does. The IG Live looks better. And to the point that you made, Matt, like, and this is why I'm great to move Wake and Bay with BMO off of IG. Mm. I mean, the technology is shoddy, sure. But the thing that really is, niggas can't just be locked on their phones for right. an hour. I've been trying to IG I, Live for an hour. I'd be trying to watch Wake and Bake with BMO, but it's like right before work. So, you know, if I got to check an email and. You got to get you know, off. I got to get off. And now. That's you know. why I was saying I appreciate the fact that it's on Apple Podcasts. But we Thanks. can also expand that. Because, I mean, if we keeping it 100 right now, because, you know, it's just over the shoulder, we keep it 100. If we keep it 100 right now, my viewership is 1,000% shitting on my listenership. Right. Right. Like, yeah. I right. believe Easy. you said that. You did tell yeah. me. Yeah. You did tell me that. Yeah. Easy. I have way more consistent watchers than I have consistent listeners. listeners. Um, and I just think that's the nature. Over the shoulder started as an audio only. So a lot of a lot of our original fans are entered into right. the audio only. And online radio. So even Precisely. Yeah, so there was a big avenue, kind of a catch all. My shit has always been a, a morning show that you can comment on on Instagram. Right. But I'm ready to move that shit to Twitch or, or to Triller so that niggas can do other things in the morning. Or post it on YouTube. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there. I mean, you can always post it on YouTube. That's just another. So, hold on. You said you're moving it to Triller? Either Triller or Twitch or my own shit. I don't know. Dope. That would be popping. That would be that would be popping. Keep, keep, keep us posted. How you feel about Patreon? Um, since uh, Joe Budden, um, and did a deal or Warrior Mall came back. Yeah. So Joe Budden has like a yeah. Talk to a, give us the speaking of podcasts yeah, yeah, yeah. and dynamics. Like, aren't you aren't you a Joe Budden knight? I, I am a Joe Budden podcast fan. Okay. I am I am a supporter and listener since day one. I will say that of the podcast. Okay. I've, I'm not like a big Joe Budden music fan, but I do appreciate the podcast, and I've been through. I've heard all the different iterations in terms of his co-hosts, but there was some you know, internal issues amongst the team. And for, I think, about six episodes, five or six episodes, the, his two co-hosts, Warrior Maul, kind of got out the way. And, you know, Joe Budden kind of replaced them with two of his other homies. And he has, like, probably, like, we all have these dope-ass, fire-ass conversations off the mic. Mm-hmm. They were able to bring that energy seamlessly on the mic. Mm-hmm. So the the episodes without Warrior Maul were pretty good. Oh. So... Uh, Roy and Maul recently came back. Mm-hmm. Um, they're currently taking like a vacation, but you know, before the vacation, there was two episodes where the, the original or the most orig- uh, the most recent kind of um, iteration mainstays are back. But now, so since Joe had already launched this partnership with uh, Patreon, so mind you, Joe Button drops twice a week just for regular listenership, all the podcast platforms. But with Patreon, you can pay at different levels to get access to, you know, more content. Right. Right, so you pay five dollars, you might get up access to like one additional episode. Paying ten dollars a month, you get access to like five, mm-hmm. three or four, whatever they drop. Twenty five, you get like shirts and uh, uh, discounts on merch and shit like that. So he has levels to it. So I signed up because once Warrior Mall came back, Ish and Ice, who were the replacements, ended up still doing episodes with Joe on the Patreon. So okay. now Joe has found a way to pivot. And so now that he has his main guys back, he can do that on the main platforms. Yeah. And now there's already a listenership that supports Ish and Ice as co-hosts as well. So now there's a demand for people to 
by the Patreon. So that was dope. I, you know, so Patreon as a as a vehicle, as a platform, and I've had friends who've had Patreons in the past, but I'm seeing like people, are like celebrities, line. are really like starting to drive sales. Like I'm I'm one of them. Once Ish and Ice moved, and I found out that they had episodes where they were still having real dope conversations on Patreon. I was like, fuck it, I'll support. Mm-hmm. I heard um Andrew Schultz. Yeah, flagrant. flagrant like, I hear they have like Patreon. crazy. Um, I'm not listenership. Hip. Oh, they do. Who, they who's do. this? It's, it's like professional Schultz. OnlyFans, basically. That's, that's exactly what I mean. I feel like that's what OnlyFans was going. Yeah, for. that was supposed to be was for like a Patreon. Yeah, maybe feel. if they just changed the color scheme and rebranded, they could get to that level. But maybe. I mean, pornography is fine. Hey, yeah. pornography is making a yeah, brand. That bro. is that is the super is, the number one driver. What is porn going to pick up NFTs? Maybe Ooh. it has, and we don't know. I think the porn I think industry is usually porn, the, the driver of like, that shit. Yeah, say it again. I said porn is usually the driver of a lot of technology and adoption and shit. It is like virtual reality, mm-hmm. AR and stuff like that, extended reality. Yeah. Porn, I'm pretty but, sure. Shit, these fucking subscription models, porn. Mm-hmm. True, <laughs> but the NFTs give it a little free first, and then have some behind the, the paywall. Porn, right? Hey, I think that can actually <laughs> be a great point. Like you look at some of these. Pornhub, X videos, all these classic porn sites, right? Which you can just pretty much watch porn for free, which I'm sure is not benefiting the these production houses at all, right? What? Who's really paying? Like only you remember, fans... our, you remember our porn episode? No, it's be like two, it used to be like two years ago. We were talking about how porn is always at the front of like uh, we were talking about subscription based. This is like one of the first ones. Mm, maybe, maybe might have been one of the first ones. We were talking about how, like, we were talking about payment splits, particularly when it comes to content creation on YouTube. The payment splits are like ridiculously not on your side, but when it comes to like Pornhub, you get ninety percent, ninety percent of the profit, right? And so, to the point of like these production houses on porn, these production porn houses, they are losing money because they doing they doing the same model they, doing they were deals. doing before. Give it to you a little free, you know what I'm saying? But if you really want to see what's going on, come come fuck with us. And you could pay the nine ninety nine on Pornhub instead of going to uh uh who was one of the houses? Uh Bang Bros. You don't go to bangbros.com, just go to Pornhub, pay the nine ninety nine here. And you get access to Bang Bros and a whole bunch of other shit. Exactly. And Bang Bros still making that ninety percent off the nine ninety nine. Come on, dog. Anyway, I don't know why we start talking about porn in NFTs. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how we got here. But I was gonna say the counter to that is that who Patreon. benefit? Who would benefit? Like no, not just on the porn shit. Like with the NFT, who would benefit? Because when we think about when we are romanticizing NFTs and their usage for like music, we're like, okay, finally maybe an artist is able to really benefit off the reselling of their music mm-hmm. more directly and bypass a lot of the the labels and the infrastructure and the even like the taxing the taxing process that they have to go through right now. Mm-hmm. But with porn industry and it's exploitive, who really benefits from that NFT? It's probably oh, the owner be, of the IP. You're right. Yeah. And is it really going to be the? How often will it be the porn star? Not in. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, just that's actually it's a, that's the same point for music, though. Yeah. If Def Jam starts putting out NFT music, right, it's not going to Def Jam artists. It's not going to Saweetie. It's right. going back to Def Jam, oh, yeah. in which it will be filtered through mm-hmm. again, and in which unless I don't know music deals I don't think and if, I don't think Saweetie could just put out if she's to a deal if she's I don't think she could put out independent music like that Mm-mm. same thing with porn like if somebody comes and takes your picture and you got paid to get that picture taken you are work for hire yeah. not your picture Right. that's their picture mm-hmm. mm. interesting stuff that is interesting Patreon but to the point about Patreon I've, I've, I'm seeing that podcast as we are also on a new podcast network shout out to the Bridge Podcast Network hey Hey, look at you with your timing. Got to do it. Um, <laughs> I'm seeing that podcasts are ex- have to expend, extend past the audio format in order to be like uber successful or successful in any way. Very much so. Uh, it can't just be it can't just be <coughs> one thing. Right. So to the point, like, what I, do I think about going on to to Patreon? Do we think about going on to Patreon? Right. If I've we can get the it. demand, yeah. I've thought about it. I've thought about it. Speaking of demand, <laughs> this is a bad segue. Y'all been watching The Real Housewives? What's up? Hey. <laughs> Both of us yeah. have not been watching, Ooh, but yeah. there's been an interesting discussion online. Yeah. So, so the timeline's blowing up right now because <clears throat> apparently uh, Portia has um, stole her friend's man. And uh, now her friend's man, whose nigga's name Simon, apparently, yeah. he's worth $4 million. 
4D. African nigga. Four. Four million. Is four, four? four is zero. Is it 40? Oh, yeah. 40 mil. He's really worth 40 million? 40 yeah, million. He's like an executive producer or something. Yeah, so Portia got homegirl out the way. And now uh, her and uh, Simon are madly in love. So I don't, I don't even know how that happened. I guess, but the, the question we were we were posing is like, what, how um, how off limits are your friends' exes or something like? Are that? your friends' exes off limits, and if so, for how long? And to what extent? So I'm currently in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay, got to put that out there. Okay, Fair me enough. too. <clears throat> mm. I feel like I feel like I feel like this is a good example. I'm a best man to a to a wedding right now. Okay. Uh, my man's used to date this girl, light skinned girl, beautiful, bad back in the day. When he proposed to his girl, I was like, I think I can ask his ex out now, and be like, and tell him about it. My thing about dating exes has always been about communication and transparency. Mm-hmm. You can date who the fuck you want to date, right? But are you bold enough? Are you really that bold enough and have that much courage to like come to my face and be like, hey, I'm trying to date your ex? If you can do that, that's cool with me. Fair enough. But if you try to do all the slippery slide shit, trying to be behind somebody back. Nah, you you not showing respect to me or her. Hmm. I think it depends on what do we consider friends too, and it depends on there's, the situation that 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 original relationship was in. Right, and there's rings of of friends. Yeah, close friends. Right, your man's acquaintances. Close to man's, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I think my inner circle mm-hmm. is maybe about a so solid five. <laughs> I'd extend it in my you know say like a solid ten. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh. This shouldn't even be a a conversation. No. Right. Outside of that, you don't even have to, you know, really say shit to me. Like, right. Oh, tr- okay, true. The game is the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, if love is, love is love, who am I to say, like, you know, absent of me, this person can't, Facts. you know, move on to somebody who I have, like, a degree of separation between. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity to really give a fuck, you know. But the... My ten niggas, like people who I would really consider to be back up in, in my bachelor party and or front row, right type niggas. You feel me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like front row ass. Front row. Down. You know what I mean? Like nah, nah, chill. Nah. Yeah. What you think, Tom? Tom? I don't know. I feel I I agree with Matt, and then at the same token, like for a lot of my close friends, our tastes are like dramatically different. Mm-hmm. So that really hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I mean, they, like like he said, if it's outside the the media circle, like the game is the game. So I don't know. What about your industry mates? So like, well, there's not I, a lot I, of black. Question, I'm black. trying. I, I'm trying not to touch this one, but technically that happened. Should like my the short the girl that I'm dating now, uh-huh. a fellow. I'm not gonna name no name, but uh-huh. a fellow podcaster, mm-hmm. like was dating her right before I came on. Okay. But I'm the one who stuck around. Hey, that's what's up. But I guess where I'm going with that stuck is stuck around. I, I'm I'm not insecure. So if I have to interact with him or we have to do business in some sort of way, I'm not really tripping off it. I don't know how he feels about it. I don't even know if he knows what happened. You got but the girl. I'm not tripping. Of course you're not tripping. You got the girl. But even if I wasn't, like, <laughs> black black man to black man, yeah. like. I'm sure, at least for me, I'm sure I can let it go and we can do something or I can help in some way. That's how I am. Not everybody's like that. I respect it. It could be somebody you barely dealt with and in this industry with so these, these insecure niggas out here, like, it's... Yeah. I mean, I feel like... Bimo. Should Drake be dating... <laughs> should Drake be dating Kim Kardashian? Hey man, game is a game. I know, but I know game is <laughs> game. <laughs> it's protocol, nigga. It's protocol in policy. And I am trying. So, so should hey, should Drake hey, be doing it? Yeah. Okay. The other part of it is, would we be surprised if Jake Drake did it? And I, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. An assessment on the on the person. Surprise! I don't know if surprise is the right assessment. And then would I judge Drake? And then within within that same scenario. Have y'all heard the story about like Drake flew a fiance, a couple out, and then smashed the fiance like soon thereafter? Yeah, but you got to check niggas' track records. Like Drake has a track record of of getting off on like taking your joint or like 
There's mad legendary stories of him. Like, taking a nigga's girl, going into VIP, and a nigga can't get into VIP. You know right. what I'm saying? So that's I think that's gross negligence on the, the nigga who got left, who got cheated on. I think you gotta know your you gotta know your landscape and know. What See, you're but I suppose I, I don't know. Maybe I'm 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 going down a rabbit hole. I've been watching a lot of like black love documentaries, right? Mm-hmm. At, at the same time, right? I feel like sometimes in certain relationships, like like for example, you, there somebody's about to propose to somebody. Um, a man's about to propose to a woman, right? But he hasn't gotten a real realistic sense or take of where the relationship is. So he goes to propose and then Shorty says no. That makes sense. Because that's his fault. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He sometimes did it. it was research. So, sometimes or a lot of times, like, they don't have a realistic sense of the relationship. So that situation, it was probably meant to happen. Like the dude was probably fucking up some type of way. He thought he was about to marry the shorty. Maybe they've been fiancés for too long, and she was just fed up, and it was Drake. Right. And so if it was, like, industry friends, which really is is their industry friends, and, like, I know we all do different things, so it's kind of weird to put us in a category So because we're so generalist when it comes to creativity, the creative industry out here. Like, nice. that can mean so many different things. Like, I don't know. I think just man, man has to have a code. Man has to delineate <laughs> when the line, you know, when the line is crossed and when it's not, and... Is is it worth it if you see your ex out with somebody that you kind of know by association or your associates with? Like, to what degree, you know, is that really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things? I think that's that's a situation. Like, like we say, it's a situational thing. Like, I'm not about to fight nobody over a girl. That that's just not my thing. But Mm -hmm. I've done some fighting over a girl before. Before I fought. You have? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm romantic. There's been some cold world stuff, but I've, <sighs> I've experienced victory. Mm. I've, I've experienced L's and, d- and defeat as well. I think Absolutely. that's what makes us. I think, I think, we, I think we all have. Oh yeah, I think we all have. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. we got a big W coming up though yeah. on our Money Move of the Week. What's up? Thirty days from now, mm. in Washington D.C. In the oh, yeah. world, the streets is open, baby. Oh shit! One hundred percent. Hey, you better push a button, no nigga. What the capacity. fuck? <laughs> <laughs> My man pushed all the buttons. Yeah, push all the buttons. Let's go. <laughs> June eleventh. Like, June eleventh. DC is wide open, meaning you can go to the club with your face mm. out. The face out, though. Well, that's who. Tongue everything. All hey, that. Gotta start moisturizing <laughs> the beard a little bit more. It's like, I'm, I'm gonna wait till July. I'm gonna wait till July. Oh. You go, you really gonna wait? No. You're not going to the Of course. <laughs> I haven't waited. I didn't wait till June eleventh, nigga. I've been all over. <laughs> Within reason. Yeah. How we nah, I'm I'm you know, soft launch May twenty first, right? Because I think they say restaurants and nightclubs will be fifty percent capacity on May twenty first. Yep. Are they Today, really going to abide today's by that? Eleventh. So mm-hmm. ten days, ten day countdown. Hello. And then everything else is pretty much open. Except for like uh, concert venues, but then on the eleventh, everything's forbidden. Everything's open, including the strip club. Rose Bar epically dropped a, a hey, flyer man. within seconds I of the announcement. That. I peeped that, and as, that means as, you got to stay ready. As any long-standing establishment should. Shout out to Rose Bar. I think that was a, that was a perfect G, G type of move. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, it's, especially since we've lost so many restaurants and spots <laughs> in Wake. It's, it's good to know we still got Rose Bar. still standing. Right, John Wall's money still, still waving going to work, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> People were like, "He gonna come from out of town to go do that." That's what's up. Hey, that's June eleventh. The city is back open. Um, I don't know, man. I'm I'm a little shell shocked, to be honest with you. I don't I really don't really know what the fuck to do. Yeah, I don't know either, man. Like, I think right. I'm like, I don't know. It's gonna be a lot of traffic. <laughs> right, right, right. That part. And I want to know, like, what's what mental space am I in for this city after this? You know, pandemic. What is the city gonna look like? What is the city gonna feel like? You know, I don't know. I think I've changed a little bit. I think we've all changed, but I just feel like I've mellowed out a little bit more. So, in some of the spots that I felt like I was gonna gracefully fade out, yeah, turn to my to the nightclub. Remember Soto Soto or whatever the fuck yeah. this shit was called? Yeah, Fourteenth Street. Yeah, yeah down the basement. To, I was about that was about to be my little transition or whatever. But oh, what? Now that shit is gone, man. Soto was gone, gone. I heard. So is Marvin's. Well, I know Marvin's gone. Marvin's, but, but yeah. they might come back. Though. But I'm done. I hope Marvin's. they do. I'm not a Marvin's type 
nigga nah. anymore. Man, I, I, I mean, I met my like, shorty at Marvin's, my, literally. Hey, like, man, it's a lot of love. Like, my, I feel like my my jersey deserves to be up in Apple Lounge. I, I firmly I believe <laughs> Are you going back to I the feel lounge? Like, huh? You going back to the lounge? I've Instagram. been back to the lounge. I said, <laughs> <laughs> Me, not a nigga. faithful bit. <laughs> A faithful patron. <laughs> you gotta know. You gotta go where you're supported. Now, am I going often? Nah, I've been maybe two, two or three times. The entire pandemic. The entire pandemic. Gotcha, gotcha. Entire pandemic. But nigga, I've been going. Bimo was lounge, not ready. I the Apple Lounge could keep yeah, me away. Nah. <laughs> I mean, where else am I really gonna go? I don't know. Like, I fuck with a few spots. Well, nah, I ain't giving niggas the itinerary. The hey, don't do no, it, man. No. Don't do it, you know man. Keep it low. Keep it low. But see, I can say the Apple Lounge shit because I'm done with it. I, I pull up, like, you know, niggas get, you know, good seats at the game. You know, when Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe. Remember Kobe come back after? That's right. He retired and niggas dap him up and yep. shit. Go ahead, do your thing, man. You know, mm-hmm. drop 40 on them niggas. I'm going to be over here watching it. You know right here. <laughs> My friends right. and family next to me and shit. You know so that's them at the Apple Lounge. Yeah, it's wait me at the Apple Lounge. You know what I'm saying? Good Lord. Amen. <laughs> oh, we have so I, I need like a, a big three. I need a big three joint now. It's true. It's true. Damn, Soto closed up on you? That's what I heard, man. That was your grown and sexy spot? I was ready to listen to some like Dwelle and shit. Like oh. it was <laughs> some BJ the Chicago kid and shit. Come on. Pause, pause. I'm, I was ready for that. So hold on. Is Dwelle your grown music? <laughs> That's what I associate <laughs> with <laughs> Kangles and Kangles. <laughs> I wasn't going to do that shit. But like, that's what I. That's the vibe I got from. I think Soda. you officially took was, my age. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying I'm wearing. <laughs> no, <laughs> chill out, Tom. You're still forty, man. Sir, he got more gray hairs in his beard than I do. Yeah, I earned them. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I earned these. I got war stories, nigga. Oh my god! All you right, know? y'all. We gonna take a quick uh, musical break. We'll come right back. Right now, we have a song by Tia Pearl. Um, and my man Ken Soul called Moonlight. We're going nice. to play the song and we'll be right back after the break to finish up Over the Shoulder. We'll see y'all in a second. Peace. All right. Thank you, Tia Pearl and my man, Ken Soul, for the Moonlight track. Make sure y'all check that out. Check out uh, Tia Pearl at Tia Pearl on all social media sites. Tell her Bimo Brown sent you. Make sure you listen to that song, Moonlight, on all streaming services. Tia Pearl was at uh, Urbane, right? She was, the first Urbane. Tia Pearl, well, not the first, but like the fourth, but season two premiere of Urbane. Was she was out there. When is Urbane coming back? That's a good question. I want to do this. What is a SBO? What, um... I don't know when I when I feel inspired. Same, same. <laughs> when I feel, I feel financially I feel, inspired. When I feel inspired, I, I think feel that, that's kind of the space inspired. we're all in at the moment. Yeah, to be inspired it makes sense. Yeah, just moving when we feel inspired. Mm. That makes. You're sense. not trying to like put 
all these things out and it's all over the place. Just when I feel inspired, I'm put something out when I and it will do what it does. I'm I'm happy with just building this shit back up, man. Real talk. It was really good to see the episodes come out. Yeah. And then people were like reposting them. Right. Or it's like Nice, because you like know, that. you know, we could do better at social media content. We've been yeah. saying that since we started. Yeah, we're, we're a speakeasy. <laughs> we, 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 if you will, ourselves. <laughs> saying that's just you got to just find us. You got to, and so when people do, and they just put their own clips up, and they just show like exciting, excited to be back, and like welcome us back to the to the podcasting space. That was really exciting. They were practically pressing us out to to put out stuff on your page, like, "Yo, when is OTS going to drop?" I, I like mm-hmm. these BMO junk. When's OTS drop? Mm-hmm. 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 So. Yeah. But we back. We back. We, we back. back. We back. All right. So you got any thoughtful questions, Tom Tom? So <laughs> you and your timing today. <laughs> so today's thoughtful question is <laughs> today's thoughtful question is about emotions. Niggas in there. Do you do you do you allow yourself to feel them and de- and do you allow yourself to feel them? I don't forgot how how I said it the first time. I think that was it. Like, do you have emotions? And do you yeah. Do you have emotions, and do you allow yourself to feel them? Feel. Them. I think the I think the biggest trick that the patriarchy pulled on us was that somehow being emotional was like weak, mm-hmm. right, or illogical, right. <clears throat> um, I am. Now that I'm in my 30s, Tom Toms, I know you're hitting towards your 50s now. But now that I'm in my 30s, <laughs> I have started to come up with like some emotional clarity. Okay. Uh, and this is like very recent. You remember? This is very recent. Will Smith apologized to Jane Hubert right. on the on the um, Fresh Prince reunion reunion joint. And I remember watching the scene with just the two of them when they weren't on set. And I was looking at Will Smith, and I was like, "Wow, what emotional control." To both feel emotions, to cry in front of this lady, to be completely emotional, but not reactive in the sense of like anger. Right. So to answer your question, Tom Tom, uh, I am getting better at experiencing my emotions. Right. I had a I had my first client actually. First client took his own life. That shit was sad as a motherfucker. Right. And I really sat on Wake and Bake with BMO the Tuesday after it happened, and I tried to have a show. Couldn't get through it. Mm. Cried the whole motherfucking show. It didn't it didn't help that you know my mic stopped working in the middle of the show. But regardless of that, like I just cried the whole show. And then I was talking to the lady afterwards, and I was just like, I just had to let, I had to let that shit out because I feel a certain way, and I feel like repressing that. <sighs> I repressed it once, and I put a hole in my wall like that day. You so, punched a hole in the wall? Yeah, I haven't done it since high school, bro. And I didn't even know I was grieving in a sense. Right. But like something small happened to my couch. I think maybe my couch like made a, a weird noise. I thought it was broke. I got up, I punched the wall, and I looked at the wall, looked at my hand, and I was like, damn, I think I might be sad. Hmm. <laughs> and secretly like, like just like that. Your boy still got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh Brad. Okay, all right. That's good. Although I'm not trying to get in a fight. Not trying to get in a fight. I would yeah. get waxed. I'm old and out of shape. Anyway, to to your point though, Tom Tom, to your question, yes. Got you, got you. All right, your turn. Yeah, it's hard to follow that. (laughs) Um, um, (laughs) I do experience emotions, and I think I've gotten to a place where I'm much better at assessing them and and taking it all in. Honestly, I think it's it's a blessing to feel. You know what I'm saying, and to feel, and if you have the ability, or if I, I I believe I have the ability to be a little bit fair in how I assess myself and reflect on things and experience hurt and allow to really feel it <coughs> and try and cope with it in a healthy way, I think it really benefits me. Um, I've taken up, um, well, I, I, before I even do like the yoga, but yoga has been a big piece in terms of releasing things. Meditation that don't serve and all you. that. Meditation, the CrossFit, working out in general, like for me, it's just about ex- expensing energy that I have bottled up and a lot, you know, um, when you don't, <coughs> Like when I was just laying around on the couch and shit, just like gaining weight and stuff like that. Like that's yeah. when you like pensive and thinking about shit and down on yourself and you know, that shit accumulates. That shit manifests itself physically. But um even small things like if I'm really feeling something emotionally, 
get in the car and doing a night drive and just right, right, driving, yeah. driving. I remember you saying you do that. Driving around 495, you know, playing music. That's going to help complement however, whatever emotion I'm really trying to, like, go through and, and, and at least feel. I think that's healthy. I think, yeah, like Bimo was saying, like, the, the point is to address it and to address it in a way that's not going to leave a lot of debris either. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to take that yeah. those emotions and try and cope with them on social platforms or broadcast that. You know? Or on or take them out on someone. Right. You know, and that before I was doing therapy up until like the pandemic started and then I just didn't feel like paying money to FaceTime a nigga. I feel you on that one. Even though it wasn't, you know, <clears throat> I should probably go back, but um the you know, the things that I was able to work through before I stopped going to therapy, I think really benefited me and thank God I was able to work through them before the pandemic set. So it's been a number of things that have aided, but yeah, I do feel emotion, and I do acknowledge it. But I think it's a blessing, the good and the bad. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be uh, vulnerable with y'all for a moment, right? So I've actually been thinking about going to therapy recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I have a good handle on my emotions. Like for most of my life, I've allowed myself I've allowed myself to feel them. Um, <clears throat> I joke around and say that I was a crybaby as a kid, right? But as I've gotten older, it's allowed me to be able to identify, like, yo, Matt, when this happened, it made me angry. Or, yo, when this happened to me, I experienced loss. I was sad about it. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's been, it, it's, it's allowed me to be able to identify and kind of deal with certain things as opposed to just, like, suppress. Um, for me... I would say that, yes, I, I, I can identify the emotions, and I, I definitely allow myself to feel them. Like, if I lost something near and dear to me, I'll take the time to be sad. I, don't, I, try, I try my best not to dwell in it. And then, you know, if I'm feeling, I don't know, like I have to talk about it, I have my mechanisms or I have my people that I talk to. So, like, you know, one mechanism is, you know, if I'm in my head too much, I might go for a walk. Mm-hmm. And then I've explained to my mom and my girlfriend, like, yo, when I come back, ask me what's what like what's going on. Right. I love the walk. The walk is big, it's huge. Just to mm-hmm. I think anywhere that the way that you can work things out with yourself in a way that's not gonna cause uh blow ups right then and there that right. you're gonna regret and to expense physical energy. That's right. It's always gonna be. Um another one of my favorite mechanisms is also uh <laughs> I guess this is uh my my personal way of defeating like the angry black man thing. Um, so a lot of times I say that like when I'm really upset and I want to curse somebody out, I just start talking really proper. Mm-hmm. Um, an example of that is like a long time ago I was gonna quit a job, and my manager frustrated me. Like she told me to do something and then stood in the way of it. And instead of me saying like get the fuck out the way at work, I just was like you're impeding my progress. And I, you, you have to deliver it a certain type of way. Right. And the dead eyes. And, and when you deliver it, and they're like, dead the eyes. fuck did you just say to me? It's more like, okay, you're processing it. I can now walk away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that, those are two of my mechanisms. That is an improvement. That is an improvement. Then. Mm-hmm. Those are two of my mechanisms. To um, get the fuck out of my way. I choose violence, so. <laughs> <laughs> but but we, we discussed that your left jab may, may be a little slow in your <laughs> physical... Your physical might give up on you, so that's why I have to come up with these. Hey, mechanisms come fuck with me with this CrossFit shit. I, I dare y'all. I'm an athlete, it. but I'm not sure I'm that type of athlete. I'm shit, just keep it on. <laughs> I've been doing this shit since November. I don't. I don't know if I can say the same. You're not an athlete yet? You're not a professional wrestler yet? No, I'm not. It's, it's new workouts that we do every time where I'm like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> when you got you know, 45-year-old woman who's like you know, three months, four months pregnant, yeah. still killing that shit. Like, Ooh. I'm like, yo. You struggling. Shorty had to give me a pep talk one time. She was like, yo, these people have been doing this shit for like years. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Fair enough. For sure. The, the, the pregnant shorty gave you the pep talk? Nah, nah, nah. It was another shorty who was also like- Well-versed in it. Fire. They yeah. all like- been on it. All right, yeah. let's get to the tools of the trade. Tools of the trade are your physical, non-physical, aesthetic, whatever tools, whatever resource that you need to get through the week. Um, we like to give our tools of the trade to close the show, followed by our social medias. I'll go first. My tool of the trade this week is clarity. Mm. 
I love to provide clarity. Like I pr- love to provide good information or good advice. I feel like uh, clarity is a, is an output of constant communication, transparent communication. And oftentimes we're walking around with assumptions of what people are thinking or how people are thinking. When simply simple questions for clarification could take you a long way to uh, 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 to reaching and, and, and completing a goal. So that's my tool of the trade. And you can always find me at BMO Brown at BEMO Brown or uh, BMOAuthentic.com. Make sure you check out Wake and Bake with BMO. Yeah. Every Tuesday and Thursday on Instagram Live, soon to be Twitch, Trilla, or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. He'll, he'll, let, it, he'll let us know. He'll let, let us know. know. Uh, yeah. My tool of the trade would be very similar to BMO's, uh, but in a physical sense. Deep clean your house. Ooh. Deep clean your personal space. Mm-hmm. Spent the past two weeks deep cleaning the house. I'm saying like wet vacuuming, scrubbing floors, oh, dusting, real mopping, all types of shit. Oh, you clean it, clean gave, it. Gave, you know, gave stuff away to um, Goodwill, mm-hmm. pool spring cleaning, dumped, took some shit to the dump, mm-hmm. did some illegal dumping in a few mall. Um, He'll be okay. Uh, trash facilities. Yeah. yeah. Illegal. Dumb. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, he did that shit. He did yeah, that yeah, shit. shit <laughs> you can't <laughs> catch us, though. That shit is gone. Um, <laughs> um, but, it's, <laughs> but it really, like, you, it's the little things, especially being coming out of this pandemic mm-hmm. or this quarantine period that we've been in, where it's like you're in the same space all the time, way more than you used to. You get used to it to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, you might be a clean person, you might clean your house, but there's like little stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important, you know, now's the time of the year to really do that deep cleaning, your personal space. And I think it could manifest itself in other ways in your life afterwards, you know? So, yeah, deep clean your shit. Socials. At Backpack Matt on Twitter, at Mr. Backpack on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Thomas, um, Thomas the Great on IG, Tommy underscore Pickles. P-I-C-K-L-Z on Twitter. My tool of the trade would be music. Mm. I think uh, I would say music in different forms and different ways has gotten me through the pandemic. You know, sometimes it's a jazz playlist. Sometimes it's sleepy music so I can go to sleep. Other times it's, I don't know, Ricky Rose in the middle of the afternoon when I'm at work or something like that. Need the Ross. Got you. So that would be my tool of the trade. Music. Valid. All right, y'all. Well, um, you can always follow us, find us at OTS Pod um, on all social media networks. We are going to be posting on social media. I promise you it is coming. We'll go, make sure y'all put out some clips, shout us out, send us to people in your DMs, text people about us. The Brothers is back, all right? Fact. Make sure that y'all bring y'all ass back right here next week, same time, because we're going to be dropping some more gems on Over the Shoulder. We know where you stay, nigga. <laughs> We do got the data. Mm-hmm. We got, got the data. data now. We got the stats now. We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace. Peace, 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 peace.